This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Working class bowhunter podcast. Pretty sure it's episode 490 motherfucking nine. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We, uh, I got excited. <laughs> motherfucking nine. We're inching close to 500. It's going to be a disaster. I think we're one away, aren't we? Four, if my math is carried to yes yes yeah okay yeah one way yep. yeah one yep, way. that's where we're at scary uh we appreciate your support along the way uh thank you for being here if you're a first time listener which you may be because mm. uh, you clicked on this episode because welcome. maybe the name or the subject or whatever we welcome you we appreciate you we're known to be a little wild at times um but we like to have fun so what we're gonna do we're gonna get through some business before we get to the meat and taters, but I think we should probably we do every every episode we do a veteran shout out. Uh-huh. Are you you want to do the veteran shout out first? I think we should. Let's do it. We're doing it right now. Yep. Yeah, we'll okay. help you. Well, as always, the veteran shout out is brought to you by Operation HHA USA. Go to hhausa.org and check them out. Good people. HHA USA does a ton for our veterans and getting veterans in archery and really anyone into archery. Yep. So go support do, them. They do 3D shoots uh, throughout the summer. We didn't get to one in 20, 2021. We are going to make a strong point to get to one in 2022 and we'll promote what shoot we're going to be at. So uh, we'll probably podcast at one of those events mm-hmm. and uh, shoot bows and have a good time. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So, so this one was submitted by uh, James Ganley, uh, United States Army, and uh, the veteran is Nick Sierra. It says here, uh, reverse vet, it says a reverse veteran shout-out. My name is James, and I am a U.S. Army veteran. This shout-out is not about me, but a good friend of mine, Nick Sierra. After my discharge from active duty at 23, I tried the civilian life and found out fast that it could be challenging. So I re-enlisted, then tried the civilian stuff again. It is what it is. <laughs> So I linked up with my younger brother's good friend and started bow hunting with him. Never been before. As you could guess, boys, I was hooked immediately. Of course. Mm, we knew it. Nick showed me the ins and outs. He outfitted me with some of the hunting gear and some damn good advice, and we went to the woods. We've been hunting together for 14 years now, and I call him one of my best friends I've ever had. He has never judged my wacky antics, 
or any of the typical infantry lingo, lingo that would shock anyone else, like my wife and other friends. <laughs> Nick is one of the best guys I've ever met. He's a damn good hunter and an awesome friend. Everyone should find a friend like him. He's also helped me out. Another. He's also helped out another veteran he met while guiding the hunt. He also hunts with us today. He helped me a deal. He helped me deal with a bunch of shit, and he doesn't be. <laughs> he doesn't even know it. I call a reverse veteran shout out because there's a ton of people behind the scenes that help veterans every day. The unsung hero never mentioned. Just a real good dude, and I love him like a brother. Thanks for being you, Nick. P.S. If you boys are ever in New Jersey, ping me for some new, some New Jersey bow hunting. Thanks for the awesome podcast. Awesome, man. We appreciate that offer, too. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, well, I guess technically, thanks for your service, James. And uh, Thanks, James. Thanks, Nick, for helping me out. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank we, you. We Nick. haven't had a reverse uh, shout-out yet, but that's reverse. awesome. Might be a new thing, yeah. I like it. That's fun. Yeah. Thanks for submitting that. He pulled out the reverse card, you know. He did. The Uno reverse card. Yeah. If you guys would like to submit a veteran shout-out for the next episode for Doug to struggle to read, uh, <laughs> workingclassbowhunter.com. I'll do my best, but no We promises. have a contact tab there where you can submit a veteran shout-out. Doug sends these over to... The great people at HHA USA. Our boy Chris. And they send out a little goodie package yep, to yep. our heroes. Pretty cool. Uh, the podcast is presented by Elite Archery. The Elite Envision is the new kid on the block as far as bows are concerned. And we are going to give one away. Um, yep. If you come out to see us at a trade show this year, um, Harrisburg, PA is the next one on the list. Then we'll be in Indianapolis. Iowa Deer Classic will be in Columbus, Ohio, Wisconsin Dells, and Peoria, Illinois, I think is our, the remainder of our lineup. Uh, come out. If you show that you're subscribed or if you are a new subscriber and you show us, we'll put you in an entry. And for every 10 bucks you spend at the booth, we give you another entry. Yeah. So if you buy a shirt or a hat for a $20 bill, you get two more entries. And we'll right. say this. You have, to, you have to show us you subscribed, Yeah. unlike the last trade show where people just – said they will and we don't take your word for it you have to show us it and walk Dude, away i'm like hey it literally costs you no it's money to hit that train. no money to hit that button on your phone and then you could win a bow like there's no like what the what the fuck do you there's think there's no catch here yeah, yeah like i don't know what who you think we are like we're not china we um, yeah, we can't tell that you just subscribed. Like, we're not going to send you an email away, every two yeah. hours to subscribe. If you walk away, tell me you're going to subscribe. Well, I'm not giving you a free entry. Well, then, I don't know if you do well, then there's a lot of people that were like, okay, thanks, and would walk off. I'm like, yo, mother, what do you want, <laughs> motherfucker? We're just, what else can we do for you? We're just out here grinding, dude, and you're sitting here. But anyway, the good people at Elite uh, gave us an Elite Envision to give out to someone. And Loophold Optics also donated some binos and performance eyewear to give away to a lucky winner. And we're going to add, hopefully add more to the pot to sweeten the deal. But Elite Archery, if you're looking into getting one of those bows, code WCB at EliteArchery.com. Um, also, big time. Big time. Um, man, you guys can start doing supplemental feed again. Now season's yep, yep. close, huh? After January 10th. You bastards, man. You yep. bastards. I wish I wish we could. Must be nice, right? We have a code. If you need to get into some supplemental feed through Big Time, code WCB2022. I believe that saves you 20% on everything Big Time, even merch, like clothing. Yep. Um, everything they offer. Food plot seed. I think everything but soil test kits because that's like a third-party deal yeah. for them. Um, Spy Point Trail Cams, the new Flex camera is coming this summer. Um, I think this is going to change a lot of outlooks on Spy Point Trail Cams. Um, we do have a podcast still in the lineup that's coming that I think will 
get you guys pretty intrigued. It was a fun episode about trail cams. We learned a lot, so just know that one's coming. Um, so look for that spot. Biggest thing we learned, don't use sticks anymore. Don't use sticks behind your trail cams. Don't use that. Trent made fun of us for that, which is hilarious. <laughs> so uh, you guys will be changing that once you hear that podcast. Um, Scent Crusher, also some great new items that we got to preview at ATA show, um, which if you watch the video podcast on Scent Crusher, you get to see a little bit of that. Um, so check that out. Scent Crusher is always killing the game. Dan Drake's the man. Um, old Barn Taxidermy. Got, uh, dude, I don't know what you can say about Old Barn right now, but if you've seen Ross's 202-inch buck, mm. full mount, jumping, it's jumping over a fence, but it's landing like over his like balcony in his man cave. It is top tier shit. I can't wait to see in person. Dude, I know I'm badass. Dying. I'm dying. I saw, I saw the mountain person like at Old Barn, right? But I didn't see it like in its placement. Sure, jumping over the railing, and I I hate to be a dick, man. Do it, do it. You want me to do it? Yeah, do it. But I've had people send me pictures of some of their bucks lately that they just got back, and I'm like, yo, motherfucker, you gotta go to Old Barn, right? That thing, like, dude, some tax service are so fucking bad, and what a right. bummer. What a bummer. It sucks. Don't find an outpost. Just get an outpost. Yeah, get your deer find old an outpost. outpost. That is like they did get away with it, you know? It's like always in my area and like yeah, well, somewhat cheap. Well, that's when we did bear camp. It's like some of the guys from uh, the Midwest that are even past us. I'm like, you know, like you're going to, like even if it's an hour out of your way to stop at Old Barn and drop off this bear or drop off whatever. Like, Hey, in my opinion, even if it's six hours out of the way. Yeah, fucking do it. Do it. It's like tattoos and, and taxidermy, kind of the same beast. Um, Old Barn Taxidermy, man, killing the game. Check them out. Um, Loophole Optics, always a great supporter. Um, you know, we performance eyewear to spotting scopes to binos to rangefinders. They have it all. Like just top tier. The and Bucks their merch. Tr- their merch is, oh, dude. It's they killer. It's hard to. It's amazing. They I need it. to get with they that guy and see what the fuck. To, yeah. what, what's up with him? I need the, some pointers. Their merch guy? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who controls who, what they buy. I don't know. I'm going to text Michael and be top like, hey, tier. Everything's just hook me up with that guy. Everything they do, yeah, and it seems so expensive. Like I all their clothing's like, that's a nice jacket. That's a really nice jacket. So nice. I don't wear jackets, but, but nice I wear jacket. that jacket. <laughs> yeah. We got the Bucks from crew onto the onto the loophole side of things. They're running another uh, Midwest optic company brand, and they're like, yeah, it's like night and day difference. Yeah. For like the same yeah. price point. Pretty much. You know, and their and their spotters they use a lot, of, a lot of spotting scopes over the Buckstorm production, and they've been around forever. Um, Camo Fire, man, Camo Fire. Uh, hit the link in our episode description, Doug. What do you say about Camo Fire? You got to delete that browsing history. <laughs> I should pull up. Uh, oh my shit's not ready to pull up. I got to see up. what kind of deals are going on right now. Yeah, I I, um, I have my screen set up for. Oh, someone display. said uh, some good scent crusher deals were going on. Oh yeah, that was a scent cruncher. They spelled it wrong. Whoops. But, I mean, you can have anything that's like, I mean, it's always different here. Let me me pull it up. Let me give you an example here. Get your life together, Kurt. I know. They got this all screwed up. I got my now. Don't pull up the deals. My credit card ain't ready for it. Yeah. Anyway, I just fucked up my computer, so I got that going for me. Anyway, get this uh, Camel Fire. Um, The deals basically expire, and then they refresh, and there'll be new deals. You have everything. I've seen stuff on there like 70% off at times. It's wild. And Mm -hmm. it's always something different, and they have different theme days. So you could find yourself some deals, delete your browser history after you use it so your wife don't know where you're spending all your money. Easy peasy. uh, Then you guys get an argument about how much she spends at Target and how much you spend at Camel Fire. It'll be a good thing for you guys. But I got it for free. It'll build your marriage. (laughs) Build your marriage. (laughs) And I think that is it. Uh, Any other announcements we need to get through? Um, I don't think so. I'm just out here having a good time. 
Having a good see time. See you at the trade shows. See, see at the so trade many. shows. Hope you enjoy this episode, guys. Uh, we're going to be cranking up our YouTube. Subscribe us uh, on there. And uh, we appreciate you supporting us. That's yeah. what we appreciate about it's you. Just, hey, enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the podcast. We love you guys. All right, guys, working class bow hunter. We have virtually joining us Chad Mendez. What's going on, man? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on. Hey, I appreciate you doing this. Uh, Big fan from a fighting perspective and a hunting perspective. Um, and I want to get into a couple things right off the rip because we're here to talk about your cookbook, which I think is kick ass. But Thank you. have you? How long have you been a hunter, man? Have you always been a hunter within your fighting career? Yeah, I mean, I started when I was a little kid. I mean, we would go fishing and hunting with my dad. I mean, probably four or five, maybe even younger than that. <clears throat> but yeah, I think it all started for me. I'm from originally from California, which most people I say that and people think California is all beaches and but there's actually some really good hunting here, but I grew up uh, like central California. So you go up into the Sierras up there and I was chasing blacktail mule deer uh, hybrids my whole life. Uh, got my very first one actually. Um, it went, and it was with the bow. So I had an old PSE Nova, just an old, oh, I, I remember mowing lawns and, and uh, just working extra weekends to save up to be able to buy a bow. <clears throat> and I ended up buying it off of one of my good friends who him and his dad were really big archery hunters um and i bought it off of him used and I, I killed my first deer with that and had that bow for a really long time so uh some good memories with it but yeah i mean i've been hunting and fishing my entire life that's, that's awesome. amazing so did uh did fighting kind of hinder your hunting like your hunting time i'm sure it had to a little bit right yeah of course you know what hindered it more was the wrestling season though <clears throat> um you know i started wrestling when i was five and never took the year up all the way through college so you know, I went off to, I wrestled at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo here in Central California. And, uh, you know, I, up until then, you know, hunting was something I I did handfuls of time a year. And when I got to college, man, it was just shut off pretty much. Mm-hmm. You know, I think my whole time, which I was there for five years, I registered in my first year. I think I was able to sneak away maybe twice the whole five years, you know, and Jeez. just with school and training and cutting weight and nonstop competition, it was just so tough. So when I graduated that very next day, I threw all my crap into U-Haul and I moved up to Sacramento. And uh, just immediately when I got up here, it started like asking around if anybody hunted or fished or like trying to get all the intel, you know, and yeah. nobody on my team hunted or fished. They're all city boys, you know, and <laughs> uh, what's kind of cool is the the local UPS driver who is delivering to our gym, uh, his name's Mike Papa, and he's actually my business partner now for Fins and Feathers. But uh, his family owned a bunch of land here around Sacramento, like ag land and stuff. And um, he's like, man, I hunt. And I, I, we sat down, like on his lunch breaks, he'd come in and have lunch. And in between training, I'd sit there and we'd just bullshit and talk about hunting. And, you know, he, he'd go over all the, the local lakes, great for trout fishing and, you know, where to get salmon on the river. And, uh, you know, we talked about pheasant hunting and turkey hunting and all this stuff that, you know, especially turkey where I'm from, we didn't have them down, down in the Central Valley. So I was just like super intrigued. And uh, I went out with him for my very first time here in Northern California and started hunting some of his family's property. And we hunted some some public stuff and fished some of the lakes and became really good buddies. And that kind of started my my hunting, uh, I guess, hunting up here in Northern California when I moved up. So um, yeah, man, it's it's been awesome since. It's 
you know, like I said, most people, when I tell them I'm from California, they don't, they don't realize the hunting, but I do have a YouTube channel and there was a really cool backcountry hunt that we did me and a buddy. And I show people that, California, like it looks like Montana, you know, just big mountainous, really thick timbered, you know, granite slides and stuff like that. And, you know, just super cool. And so it's awesome to kind of open a lot of people's eyes about California with uh, that type of stuff. So it did just say my internet's unstable. So if if I start cutting up, just let you know, guys. It's all good, man. We live in the middle of nowhere here in Illinois, so we're used to that. (laughs) But it's funny that you bring up California that way because we just talked with a couple guys from Victory Archery, which is an arrow company out of California. I think in Sacramento area, right? I I believe so, yes. So I've been to California one time for work, and we were near beach type stuff, so I didn't really get to see. Or like southern, dry, desert type area. So... Um, but we were talking to some guys from Victory Archery. They're based out of California, and they're talking about like how big the hogs are and just um, the hunting opportunities that are that are there. You know, when Iowa Illinois boys here, we're thinking giant Midwest whitetails, like you know, two hundred eighty pound heavy bodied slobs, and yeah. you just don't think. That's I mean, the, they, they were talking about hogs and elk and white or black tails and all kinds yeah, of stuff. And like black bear well, and all sorts. Didn't of stuff. even realize California offered all the different species there. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think that really whitetail is the only thing we're we're missing. I mean, we have, I think it's the only state in the world that has uh, all species of elk. We have Roosevelt, uh, Rocky Mountain, and Thule. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have amazing waterfowl hunting. We have turkeys. We have multiple species of turkeys, uh, blacktail, mule deer. Uh, the sheep uh, hunting down in Southern California is some of the best in the world. You know, huge uh, like deserts, and I think I feel like the world record, Jason Harrison goliath when he killed i'm pretty sure is the world record but that was killed here in southern california um you know we got there's so many great fishing salmon striped bass you Mm -hmm. know all your regular bass and catfish and crappie and bluegill and you know all all that all that stuff and you know like i said most people don't understand that about california and it, it could be so much better it's just ran by a bunch of idiots. I hate to say. <laughs> well, uh, it, the same way that California gets a bad rap from like LA and those other big cities, you know, we're used to it in Illinois because er, er, we're the state of Chicago it, compared to everybody else. They might country. as well just change it to Chicago and not <laughs> Illinois. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if I'd rather live in California or Illinois, but uh, either way, like both governed like shit, it seems like. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's a bummer, man. Cause it's, I know both are so promising, but we we take it, I guess. You know, hopefully it doesn't get much worse than it is now. But I don't know how uh, it could. But <laughs> hey, just moved to Iowa. No, there you go. Yeah, no, no shit. Right? <laughs> well, well, Chad. So, at what point did you think, like, you know, I want to get into, you know, of course, you're passionate about hunting. Otherwise, you wouldn't keep doing, it, especially through your fighting career and how busy you are and all that. And it's still a continuing fighting career, which I want to ask you about a little more at the end. But at what point were you like, man, I could, I want to turn my passion into like a business with like the food side of things and the, and the, the cookbook and stuff like that. You know, for me, I think it was my fight against Frankie Edgar, you know, you know, a couple months before that me and Mike, my business partner, I was telling you guys about the, the UPS we driver. Yeah. Mike, the UPS <laughs> driver. We just call him Papa. Uh, but you know, for me as a fighter fighting in the UFC, when you're done fighting, you don't get retirement. There's no, nothing like that. Like when you're done fighting, the money stops coming in. So it's like, what can I do? We were just kind of kicking things around and let's try to create something. What can we build to where it's encompassing our passion with the outdoors, hunting, fishing, teaching people about hunting and fishing and getting to get out and 
you know, do all these different adventures with people that share the exact same passion as you and make money doing it. Like, so how can we do this? Mm-hmm. And we kicked around a few ideas, but we ended up coming up with fins and feathers uh, where we basically, it, it's kind of a booking agency guide service mixed with, we call it like a celebrity outdoor service. So we, we put together different hunting and fishing trips all over the world. Uh, we'll put a full year long schedule together and then we add different UFC fighters or pro basketball, baseball, football players, actors, whatever it may be mm-hmm. on the trips with clientele, you know, and all those guys and girls love to hunt and fish. Um, and so now they get to go do a really cool hunt. Um, with, you know, if they would just go hire a guy, they get to go do a really cool hunt, but now get to do it with somebody they watch on TV or mm-hmm. you know, playing a sport, you know, that shares that same passion as them. So, you know, it, it was the Frankie fight. We were kind of kicking it around, kicking it around. And I went out there and I got beat by a Frankie in the first round. And mm-hmm. I, you know, just crushed my world, you know, going into that fight, I trained so hard. And then you just get caught like that. And it's just like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, all right, we need, we need to get this going. I'm not going to be fighting you forever. Like, let's, mm-hmm. that really lit the fire. So we, we got all the business side of it set up. And yeah, so we launched Vincent Feathers right at the end of uh, 2018. 18, and, sorry. sorry. 2015, 15. And, uh, you know, we had zero idea how it was going to do. You know, are, are people going to, look at this and just laugh and not do anything, you know, hate it. Is it, is it kind of uh, conceited a bit, you know, some people we'd kind of gotten some remarks like uh, about that when we'd explain it to people. And so I, I didn't know how people were going to take to it, but we launched our schedule, sold out of everything within like a few months for that first year, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we basically just every year after that started growing it a little bit bigger and bigger each year and have sold out everything since. So uh, we're now to the point where it's like, we'll, we'll basically be finished up, finishing up the season. We'll book uh, a year, sometimes two years out. So it's, it's awesome to see where it's come. Uh, you know, and the best part about it is that now I get to travel all over the world. My wife doesn't get too excited about this. From time <laughs> to time. <laughs> I get to travel all over the place. And, you know, get to hunt and fish with, with really cool women and men and, you know, sometimes couples that, you know, obviously share the same passion. Sometimes they've never done it before and they're just, like, very intrigued to learn, mm-hmm. which is, you know, always my favorite because it's like, you know, you get to teach them everything from square one from start to finish. Yeah. Uh, and they're usually the ones that want to just learn everything anyway. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's a really cool experience being able to do that. And then me and Chad Belding uh, started The Provider which is uh, the cookbook. We started a, basically it's a wild game cookbook, which there's also domestic meats in it, but we also have 10 different rubs that are really geared towards wild game, but are good on pretty much anything as well. But Mm -hmm. that's, you know, basically taking the same mindset from what we did with fins and feathers and wanting to basically share the love of the outdoors and teach this next generation and continue teaching the next generations why we hunt, what it means, what, what the purpose of it is, you know, from field to fork, go out there. We show nothing but respect for the land, for the animals. You know, this is something we do with passion. It's not something we do with aggression. Mm-hmm. You know, we're teaching our, our, our kids, our younger generations that, you know, this is all about respect. And the reason why we do it is to put food on our table. You know, of course, don't feel guilty if it's fun along the way. It's supposed to be fun. Of course. You know, this is a fun process. You know, you put in the time to learn your, your skill sets with your weapons, your, you know, you're putting in the time to understand the animal that you're about to go harvest, you know, things to do, things not to do, you know, and then you have to, you know, figure out how to get in that, that moment of truth and actually make that shot count every single time and kill it uh, humanely and ethically. Mm-hmm. And then once that's done, now you have, you know, a freezer full of organic, wild, free range meat that you can go out and 
give it to your friends and family, cook it, eat it, live off it, and feel good about it. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- that's one of the main reasons why we started the provider, and that's kind of what the, the motto of the brand is all about. I love it. Um, and we just want to keep, you know, keep pressing that, you know, food doesn't just come in a neatly wrapped little, you know, wrapped plastic container that you guys buy at the store because you would be – your mind would be blown if you actually read how many people would comment when I leave hunting photos on my Instagram or like quit killing these animals and go buy your meat from the store. I don't understand. It's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> it's so yeah. Yeah. It's so disconnected from, they're disconnected from their food. They have, there's no face to it. There's no, there's no meaning means of killing. There's, you know, there's no blood on their hands, so they don't understand it. Right. Yeah. Well, it goes to show you those people don't even think about it. They don't even no. think about it from like a square one mindset or like they probably never thought about where humans come from to begin with and what are like, like historically we, that's what we had to do to get to where they're at. But, well, and not only that, but like if they would actually like see the process of, of how that animal gets to the store, we're doing it way more humane yeah. than oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the most it's bizarre crazy, thing. That's something that I've, I've seen and, and read way too many times in my life as as you know someone that's on instagram and and started posting basically right out of college and you know, i didn't i didn't really start posting hunting stuff until i don't know i'd say probably a couple years into my fight career and mm-hmm. you know even managers and friends were kind of telling me in the beginning be careful that because they could you know leave a bad rap with with your followers and you know i, I was just like screw this i'm gonna do it this is me this is what i love to do and if these people don't understand or don't want to understand, well, they don't need to follow me. So right. exactly. that'd, be, that'd be hard to hide. Yeah. Hit, hit that unfollow button. I don't really yeah. don't care. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> so, Kiss my ass. I'd rather have one follower that understands my lifestyle than 2 million, you know? Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, for your perspective, you know, we're kind of in, I mean, we don't get outside the hunting industry really. We've had some posts, but you know, we're kind of in that, I don't know. I hate to say an echo chamber inside the hunting industry. Like sometimes we get, a lot of hate from inside our community just for certain uh, perspectives or a, a controversial topic we might bring up, but you're tapping into more of the mainstream, you know, like, uh, like even like mainstream sports media, you have anybody that thinks, you know, hamburger just magically appears wrapped in a package in the store. They don't really think about it. So yeah, you're subject to a lot more ridicule mm-hmm. than we'll ever be. Um, but I commend you for go ahead and posting what you're into. And like, same thing with Rogan, man, like it's a huge deal for him to post about, killing animals and eating elk and all that stuff. Right. So 100%. it takes a little... that I'm so glad that he's doing that. I, re- I remember talking to Rogan years ago. I was in Louisiana before he started hunting. It was at one of the fights and we were at a bar drinking after the fights, you know, and mm-hmm. all the work was done. And, and I was showing him some black tail that I had killed and, you know, it was just kind of explaining hunting to him and we're just sitting there having drinks. And he's like, man, I think I could really get into this. I, I love the, the field, the fork aspect of this and just living off of what you go out and kill. And, you know, I didn't really ever think he would actually get into it, but, mm-hmm. you know, to see him jump into hunting and, and, you know, get as big in it as he, as he is now, like he absolutely loves it. He's obsessed. Like yeah. I talked to him and he's like, dude, it's like, it's I'm huge. Obsessed. Yeah. yeah it's I, huge. I love that. And it's such a good voice for, for hunting. Oh yeah. Know? Yeah. And 100%. That that he shows that, you know, he's eating the meat because there's still so many people that just picture hunting you know all of us in a back of a pickup truck at night with 
automatic weapons, <laughs> chugging beers and just shooting anything and everything that, that walks. <laughs> right. You know, yipping and howling. You the know, whole meat is murder mentality, which is annoying. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's great. I think that, you know, obviously there's so much positive with social media nowadays and it's a lot of negative too, but yeah, uh, the fact that it shows the start to finish and it's really opening people's eyes to the importance of hunting, why we do it, why it's conservation and, and what, and what it means. You mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Meat, meat on our, on our plate, like what that means. Yeah. The amount of work it took to go out and, and get that and how much of a connection there is between me and that piece of meat and what I'm feeding my family. So yeah, and I, I like- think it's good. Your your book is kind of like a badge of honor to show that it goes beyond killing for people who aren't exposed to it. And we appreciate you sending us a copy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's yeah, my, awesome. yeah. my mouth is water when I looked at it. <laughs> yeah. So it, we, we do appreciate that it's high quality. Like everything from the front to back is just top notch. So Super easy to follow. Yeah, great job. And there's some awesome stuff in there. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in there that like I re- when I read cookbooks like this, I'm like, man, there's... Because I don't know, I eat fairly basic, and I kind of loop my recipes over like probably like a three week span, and then right. I find myself to get to a point like, what else could I make? Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm like, I need to kind of being as into hunting as we are, and how much wild game we eat. It's all I eat. So it, this is good. I need to get outside of my comfort zone and try some yeah. different things, and put forth a little more effort into doing some cooking <laughs> than I do already. So um, it, it definitely is eye opening. I'm like, man, I could try that and. You know, I just yeah, need to expand. Yeah, there's some really unique recipes in there that, you know, it's me, uh, Chad Belding, and then both of us took some of our, our closest friends' favorite recipes for different wild game stuff and put that in there, too. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of recipes in there that I had never even known about, and I create and make, too. So, it's, I mean, I find myself sometimes looking at my own cookbook, like, oh, like, following recipes. <laughs> there's so much stuff in there that I've never even made. So, um Man, that, I mean, it was a, a ton of work. I know Belding's already talking about uh, uh, the second print and when we're going to be doing that. And I'm like, I'm I'm good right now. For this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I better get through the I'm first still, one yeah, first. I'm still trying the first one. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take to put this this book together? Never in my life did I imagine I'd be a, a published author. And right. a cookbook was never something that I honestly was like, I'm going to do. Like, mm-hmm. It's not like I've known that for a long time. But after sitting talking with Belding, you know, the last probably five, six years and, you know, really, you know, trying to like what we talked about earlier is ingrain and, and, and really hit home with what hunting is all about. Like we, we sat down, like we got to do something like this. There's so many recipes that we've seen in our life over different hunting camps all over the world. Um, you know, things that we've tweaked and created and made our own or actually come up with from start to finish. Mm-hmm. You know, I think this would be something that, you know, people would probably appreciate and it. It's going to basically motivate people to get out there and, and keep hunting because now they have some really good recipes to look forward to once they have that harvest or that kill. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, shit, we talked about this for probably two years, you know, and it was in the works for over a year. You know, we teamed up with Ben Bella um, which is uh, the publishing company. And I mean, the day that we did just the photos of day, the week, it was, I think it was like nine days actually of just the photos. Cause we did, a, I think a photo for every single recipe, mm-hmm. which most cookbooks don't do that, but you know, we were, we wanted to really hit it home. Yeah. And uh, so <laughs> I think, so I'm in Auburn, which from Reno, it's like hour and a half 
And I was going out to Jab, Chad Belding's house and we were getting in different uh, industrial kitchens or whatever we could do out there close to Sparks. Mm-hmm. And um, for nine days straight, it was like 10 hour days of cooking, uh, all the photos, eat, clean and repeat. And it was just nonstop <laughs> all day. We have like a list of, you know, how many recipes each day we needed to get done. And dude, I probably gained eight to 10 pounds <laughs> in nine days, days whatever it was. Yeah. And Oh man! Hey, but I, you I, ate I, really good, though. I mean, it was all really good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't imagine. I didn't want to clean or cook for like a month after that. <laughs> oh, I bet. So, <laughs> so, but I think you know all that stuff turned out really good. You know, Tom, our photographer, had never really done food type photography either, so this was all really new to him too. And so you know, that's us staging everything and and placing everything and cooking everything. And mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people that do cookbooks have companies like they have basically like a stager that comes in and does all that stuff. And uh, yeah. we were just like just a bunch of dudes. And I think we had one, <laughs> one chick, Jan, our, our, our girl that works with us. And we're just like a bunch of monkeys running around, yeah. not knowing what the hell to do. And, <laughs> we're like, oh shit, uh, we got this. We don't need no company to yeah. do it for us. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I mean, it's, I think it turned out good. It, you know, we put a lot of love into it and, the response has been pretty good. So oh, it's it's top it's tier for sure. It's oh, yeah. not like a regular cookbook you'd pull off anywhere else. So yeah, bravo. I would never would have get. I would have guessed it would have took a lot longer. But to say you guys did it in that, I mean, I know it's ex- oh, that was just the photos. Just no, the photos. It was, I mean, all the stories, you know, writing everything out. It, it was over a year process for sure. Gotcha. But yeah, just, I can see just that. Just getting the photos alone was like nine days straight of wow. like nine to ten hour days. It was. <laughs> Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, that's about one of the building by the end of that. You should have just had a bunch of your. I'm not saying you guys go hungry friends, though, but we, we have drunk friends. We'd have been like, "Hey, come out here. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah. just make you guys a bunch of food." Oh yeah, well we did that too, and we we definitely got drunk a few times too. Like, at the end of the day, we're just like, "Screw this." I need we'll a drink. In the <laughs> like, that's amazing. It's probably the best man. drunk food ever. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. top oh, tier. Yeah, chef yeah. Holds, but, yeah, and some of the healthiest. You know, when you're eating wild game, it just eats different. Uh-huh. It, it's cleaner but you know it's did, did you guys have a lot of guys like training partners or any guys in camp and stuff or maybe you still do that would uh kind of ask for some wild game like all the time yeah, yeah. i figured yeah. that'd be common in fact somebody i was i was on the treadmill after sparring today and my buddy uh vinny vince he was on he was on one of the machines next to me and i'm running he's like hey uh do you have any meat that you uh might want to get rid of <laughs> i'm like <laughs> I mean, I don't want to get rid of any of it, but are you? If you're asking for some meat, video, yes, I would do it. <laughs> hey, go to the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, but no, all the time, and I, I share with everybody on the team, especially if they have a fight coming up. Yeah, you know, I'll bring whatever they need for their camp. But yeah, it's it's uh, you know, and, and what's cool is I'm now starting to get a few of them actually into hunting. So, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse Clark, her Instagram, Miss Jesse Jess, she's uh, up and coming UFC badass. Uh, and she's, I just got her first bow. She's now going to be one of our fins and feathers, like celebrity athletes, but she's never hunted before. So That's her cool. on, on her safety, I'll take care of. She's going to learn how to shoot a bow. Very cool. Um, and then we got um, Macy Barber, who's also a badass UFC chick. She's hunted, I think, most of her life. She already archery hunts and everything, but mm-hmm. we're adding her to the list too. Very um, cool. Uh, we got uh, Darren Elkins who is from where is it? Indiana. Oh, he's from Indiana. So like he grew up whitetail hunting and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got my coach, Joey. I don't know if you guys see in my training that I post on Instagram. Yeah. He's the one that's always holding mitts for me. Mm-hmm. We just did a group. It was him, uh, Josh Emmett, who also fights the EOC, um, uh, Chris Holdsworth. 
they we then we sat them through and they got their hunter safety course done. So they're all that's awesome. Hunting. So that's awesome. Joey went and did his first turkey hunt with us. Uh, well, my business partner took him out for a, a day and they got close but didn't get it done. Wow, dang. He, well, he's all intrigued and he loves. I always give him meat and he's like, oh, I want to I want to do this for my family. Yeah. So that's cool to see. See, that's oh, awesome, cool. man. We need to like pay more attention to like who's a hunter and who's not in the fight game because so. We, we might be the only like podcast that has our own building. Like we have the studio we built here and we have nice. a whole bar entertainment area. So we always have fight parties <laughs> yeah. here. So yeah. we need to start paying attention on who's like into hunting. That way we can like cheer for yeah, part of our root for them. Yeah. It's like part of our community. It's our family. So we need to like pay a little more attention to that when we have our fight parties so we can kind of get riled up and root for our own people here <laughs> a little bit. Right. There's actually a lot of UFC fighters that are into hunting. I should, I should, I mean, I, I mean, we have a bunch that are UFC uh, celebrities for us. I'm trying to think of, like Guida is just now getting into hunting. Clay Guida. He's is really Cowboy? big into fishing big time. Like that's his obsession. Cowboy hunts. Yep. I figured he um, did. I'm trying to think of who else. Mike Chandler hunts. Oh, no kidding. Um, um, Steven Wonderboy. Like he's, he's, done some stuff and wanting to get into it more kind of a, a newer guy in the, in the hunting yeah a bunch of the big dogs i didn't know a lot of that yeah no there's a, there's actually a big if i could sit here and think longer i would that's pretty awesome sure. idea like a good outlet to get people into hunting though mm-hmm. yeah it's it's cool hey it, i know i know like we're kind of pressed on time here but i wanted to talk about uh bare knuckle fighting championship a little bit <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. man that's i'm i'm a big fan we get we watch a lot of those fights here at our studio and yeah. uh, it's it's violent. Is is it just like the the cuts is what makes it seem a little more violent, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I don't think the actual concussion from the punch is much different than a UFC glove. I mean, really, it's like a half an inch of leather that covers your knuckles on a UFC glove. It's not much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I don't think that's much different. I mean, but yeah, the the sharpness of the knuckles, man, they look, they're going to cut cut some stuff up. So does that get my first one? We'll see how it goes. Yeah, and that's like not too far away, right? <laughs> no, we're a month out today. Man, wow. so well, you're going to be fueled by wild games. So I think if someone's <laughs> yeah. going to be able to take a bare knuckle punch, man, I yeah. think you got it. In you. <laughs> yeah. We're rooting for yeah, you. I hope, man. I'm feeling good. Training's been good, and uh, everything's right on point. So. Good, good. Coming off. Do you get nervous about like messing up the money maker with some cuts from just being the bare knuckle? I mean, obviously you're not really worried about it, but I'm. <laughs> He's been doing this. I, mean, long. I don't. I don't want to get all cut up, but yeah, my face definitely isn't as tough as it used to be. I noticed, like, I don't know if you guys can even see. I just sparred today, and I got <laughs> like Velcro scratches. But I think all the years of wrestling, it was like I hardly ever got marks on my face, even after sparring. Yeah. Now it's like you know four, five, six rounds of of sparring i'll come out with all kinds of bruises and marks on my face and i'm like so i, I don't know if it's just me getting older or what but <laughs> yeah hopefully i don't i don't get hit too much my wife's not gonna like that too much <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right right sorry so and maybe you don't you may, tell me to screw off if you want or it, fuck off if you want to get vulgar you can tell me that as well <laughs> um so how long of, of do you have in your fighting career before you're like man i want to pursue an outdoor industry career full-time because you you could right like i mean that's definitely yeah, in the I chips really, for you I really have the last three years. I mean, I, I had zero plan of coming back, honestly. I retired uh, at the end of 18 from the UFC. I still have three fights on my UFC contract. Oh, no kidding. They're, okay. They're being cool and letting me go do these. You know, I have three fights on this bare knuckle. I don't know if I'm going to do all three. We'll see. I'm going to go out there and fight this fight. And if I love it, you know, I'll keep going. But we'll see. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I, I 
had made the transition after after retiring, you know, running fins and feathers. Uh, I work with uh, 10 different outdoor companies as an influencer and just basically getting to create content, send it to them and, and get paid to do it. So I get to, you know, it's another reason for me to hunt. At least yeah. excuse for yeah. my wife. That's a great well, excuse. Listen, actually. babe, yeah. I'm getting paid yeah. to do this. Yeah. So I got to yeah, do it. The money or not. <laughs> probably so tired of yeah. hearing me say that. <laughs> I don't want to leave, but I have to. got to pay the bills. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it's definitely nice. I'll tell you that. But I mean, I'm 36 years old. This is a huge opportunity, uh, you know, and it's a bigger contract any than any UFC contract I ever had in my whole career. So the, the, the money is basically, I mean, I'm not doing it only for a paycheck. I do have the itch to compete still. You know, yeah. the reason why I left UFC is just the money wasn't worth what I was putting my body through. Yeah, um, of course. Well, you so, got to get paid, man, if you're going to do that. I mean, you it's get, brutal. I think, yeah. yeah, if I'm going to put myself through three, four months of hard training in the gym with some of the top guys in the world beating on me daily and cutting, you know, 15, 20 pounds and getting in there and, and fighting some of the best guys in the world, you know, in front of the whole world. You know, it's got to be worth it. And yeah, it you got to be getting paid, man. Fuck. Yeah. So, I mean, he, I think if LeBron James is making whatever the fuck he's making, and no <laughs> one's punching him in the face, yeah. Yeah. fighters should make three times that. Yeah, exactly. Not to I mention, agree. it's way cooler of a sport. <laughs> yeah, way more entertaining. There's a lot of a lot of UFC fighters that are coming over to bare knuckle, and I think that's probably the the reason why they're just yeah willing to open up the contracts. You know, and yeah. prize fighters. We, yeah, we love competing. We love fighting like this is something we love to do but it, you know we, we do it for the money like that's yeah. like i absolutely love getting punched in the face but <laughs> right you know I'm good at it and i i will pursue a, a athletic career and basically do something that i'm passionate about i'll do it and make the money but yeah don't get it wrong don't get it wrong i just still don't like getting punched in the face no one does <laughs> right definitely not well, i guess yeah. you don't have to worry about getting kicked which is all right yeah. but all right, I want to ask you one more question about fighting here. And again, tell me to kick rocks if I'm out of pocket here. <laughs> I'm hoping you just do at some point. Yeah, I'm right. just like, Kurt, <laughs> fuck off. And he, said, he clicks and just if like, I see you, your ass is done. He's just like, we're done. Send me back my cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you go. T- you don't feel any tags next year. Yeah, yeah. He just brings it down on me. I'm like, Goddamn. Oh, I'm sorry. Click. He flies out to New Windsor to beat my ass. <laughs> um, so I always wondered, like, because you see like these big name fighters going from UFC to bare knuckle. How does how can bare knuckle pay what the, what they pay? And I don't know what they pay, but how can they pay better than what the UFC is when UFC is like the NFL version of fighting? Well, UFC chooses to pay what they pay. They like, choose, okay. They can definitely afford to pay a lot more, but <clears throat> you know that's just their choice. Where bare knuckle is still in the infant stages, they have big investors. It's you know Forbes just. Uh, basically stated it's the fastest growing sport in the world right now, mm-hmm. fastest growing combat sport in the world right now. Um, you know, so I think there's a lot of people that are on board as far as investing and knowing that it definitely could be the next UFC down the road. So, um, you know, I think there's a lot of money being thrown at it, which they're open to, you know, bringing these bigger name UFC guys over and, and girls and offering them, you know, more of what they're worth and, mm-hmm. and paying them, you know? And so, you know, it, there are guys in the UFC that make great money, you know, but it's there's a lot of guys that aren't getting paid what they're worth and girls also. So, right. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, it's just the name of the game, you know. So that makes sense, you know, like the, the big dogs like, like yourself that are going to bare knuckle, eventually it's like, how can you not watch? 
when you have yeah. these people fighting in that league and everything like that and going over to so, it. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, yeah. and that's their investment. You know, they know bringing over page names and, you know, Hector Lombard, me, mm-hmm. uh, Mike Perry, you know, some of these guys that are big names in the UFC, it's like, yeah, we're, we're eating up this cost and having to pay them all big, big time. But that's just an upfront investment for us to get more eyeballs on the sport. And then once people start watching it, they realize, holy shit, this is entertaining. Mm-hmm. You know, this is fun to watch. So yeah, uh, I, think, I think that's just their initial investment into it. Awesome. Yeah, that makes sense. I guess I didn't, I didn't know a lot of that uh, little behind the scene tidbit, like the investor part, but it makes perfect sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome, man. Well, I know we're all pushed on time here. I appreciate you taking the time to jump on and thanks for sending us the cookbook and doing what you do for the hunting community, kind of in the, the mainstream limelight. So it, it means a lot. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me on and uh, let me know if you guys have any questions on any of those recipes and uh, yeah, maybe we sure. can check back on after, after my fight. And uh, I did draw the San Carlos uh, archery elk tag this year which I am freaking ecstatic about. So awesome. Maybe if I could kill a big old bull, we could get back on here. And oh, for sure. So, yeah. We need it for sure. Kill one or not, man. Let's talk. I, let's talk after yeah. your fight. Yeah. If you got the time and uh, yeah, hopefully looking forward to chatting to you again. We'll mess up some of these recipes we'll in the, the meantime. Post interview, <laughs> post interview after the fight. We'll be that guy. Well, yeah. We'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll be here. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll be the post interview guys. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I'll have a beer with you. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, yeah, hey, and if, if you ever want to come out to the Midwest and chase around some heavy-bodied whitetails, man, you just give us a holler. We'll yep, figure something out. More than out. welcome. I appreciate it, guys. Well, thank you. You guys have a good night. Have a good rest of the week. Thanks, yeah, man. You too. 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 We appreciate it. Right. Yeah. Later. I'm Will Cooper, host of HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast. For even more content, be sure to watch the original films from HuntStand Presents on the Waypoint TV channel every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Visit waypointtv.com to learn more.